Hi, thank you for joining me today. This is John Newby with John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb podcast. I went on multiple episodes here lately on politics and social issues. I'm going to go back to what matters the most, and that's Jesus Christ. Um, I know that those other subjects are fun to listen to but uh, and even talk about, but there's nothing more important than Jesus. And, you know, once you're saved... Once you're under the triune God, you become a new creature, as we read that through Scripture. And you can't have salvation if you don't know the true Jesus. So, whenever I like to uh, think back when I was a, a kid or an adolescent and I was arguing with people about this subject, I always wanted to be able to pull out something to have these verses written down. So... I'm going to go over multiple verses here about the deity of Christ. You have to have this doctrine. You have to. It's a salvational issue. It literally determines if you're saved or not. We glance over at the book of John, John 8, 24. Jesus literally says this. It says, and this is from the 1995 NASB. Therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. The I am in Greek is ego I me. He's referencing the book of Exodus whenever the Ten Commandments was handed to Moses. That is the name that Yahweh names himself. So, and we read this also in John chapter 8 verse 54. Excuse me, 56. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And they knew what he was saying by this when they yelled blasphemy and they tore their garments and they chased him out of the temple. You can read this throughout the book of John, chapter 8. So this is extremely important. So pause the podcast, grab a, a sheet of paper or or just keep this memory and memorize them. But here are some Strong verses about the deity of Christ because this is a salvational issue. If you do not believe that Jesus Christ is God, if you do not believe he's the eternal son of the Father, you don't believe that he bodily rose, you're a heretic, and you need to repent. So this, obviously Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses are not Christians and they need to repent. Okay? Not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to give you the gospel. So, Colossians 2.9. We read that... We read, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Okay, so, think about that for a second. The Greek word being applied here... It's theatetos in Colossians 2.9. That is the state of being God. Theates is the root word. 1 John 5.20 We read, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and 
eternal life. The Greek word here is alethios theos. That means true God. Aletheia is the Greek word for truth. Alethanos theos, the true God. What I believe to be the strongest verse in all of Scripture. And remember, the deity of Christ isn't just taught in a verse. That's not how exegesis works. You have to read the entirety of the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, and you pinpoint the language and the mood and the understanding of what is being said, and everything must flow together. That is the... That is the doctrine of the Trinity, okay? So, but Hebrews 1.8, God the Father speaking. So this is God the Father. He says, but of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. Okay, that's the same singular throne that the Father sits on and that the Holy Spirit comes out. Do you understand? That is God the Father speaking about his son, Jesus. He calls him Theos. That's the Greek word for God. That's where we get the word theology from, which means the study of God. Go to Paul's writings in Romans 9, 5. Who are the fathers and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh, who is over all God blessed forever? Amen. Who is over all God? This is what Paul says about Christ. Let's stick on Paul and go to his letter to Titus, the Greek. Titus 2, 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. So, so far, I'm obviously... Trying, I'm not trying to skip away, but I'm not going to the common one like John 1 1. You know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. I mean, those are common known. I'm trying to give you some that you might not know. Where it's out, literally just calling him God. Literally just saying it straight out. You got Paul saying it, you got the Father saying it. So, so far we went over Colossians 2 9. 1 John 5.20, the Apostle John, Hebrews 1.8, which is probably Paul that wrote that book. We're not sure, but it would that seems to be a, uh, a fair guess. Romans 9.5, obviously written by Paul, and Titus 2.13, written by Paul. Now let's go to the first apostle, 1 Peter 3.15. Forgive me, it's uh, 2 Peter one, one, the very top. Simon, Peter, a bondservant. That's the Greek word doulos, means slave or bondservant. Paul also opens up several of his letters the same way. An apostle of Jesus Christ, to whom, to those who have received a faith of the same kind 
as ours. So he's talking to Christians. A faith the same kind as ours. By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, we have God the Father speaking about Jesus this way about his throne. We have the very first apostle appointed by Jesus saying this about him in his letters. We have the apostle John who wrote John, all the Johns, and Revelation saying this about Jesus. And we have Paul who was a Jewish scholar who persecuted the Christians, was a part of Stephen being martyred in the book of Acts, and then came under the faith with his road to Damascus experience with Jesus. So look at the wide range of people's testimony that we have. And God the Father. Forgive me, Lord. Now let's go to Jude. You know who Jude was, right? He was the brother of our Lord. So, now we have the brother. A brother, excuse me. Alright? Jude is a wonderful book. It is very short. You can read it in 10 minutes, 5 minutes probably. It's very deep. It's one of my favorite books. It's only like a page. Alright? And people sometimes miss this. Now the NASB translates this as Lord. Other versions translate it as Jesus. But it's clearly speaking about Jesus. So I'm going to read to you Jude 1, 5. So this is going to also go with Jesus being eternal. Because God led them through Egypt, right? So now I desire to remind you. Though you know all things once and for all that the Lord, Jesus, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. So Jude here is speaking about Jesus in the terms of him being there and him being the Lord with the one that was part of bringing the people through Egypt. Who brought who brought the, the Hebrews, the Jews, through Egypt? That was Yahweh. This cannot be mistaken for anything else. There's no mistake on this. And then I saved this one for last. And that's Colossians 1, 15 through 19. And we're going we're gonna to go through this here. It shows that Christ is supreme. So we're going to look at this and don't get tripped up over the word firstborn, prototokos, okay? That doesn't mean created. It's a completely different word, all right? And, and uh, Paul does this, explains this perfectly here. He, this is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, so obviously... Prokotikos does not mean something created. He can't be a creature because all things were created by him. It means unique. Both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. 
whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. So if he's before all things, he can't be created. And in him, all things hold together. He is also head of the body of the church. <laughs> I won't go there. And he is... And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. And through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross through him. I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. So Paul is literally saying that through him, I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. Meaning through, I'm saying it's through everything. Through everything is Jesus. I could keep going on this. I have hundreds of verses in the Old Testament. I mean, we can go to Micah, Revelation, Isaiah, Jeremiah. I'm going to do this in series here. So this is some verses of the deity of Christ in the New Testament that are not really um, used as much as they should be. Obviously, my name of my channel, John 20, 28, where Thomas says, ha kuriosmu ke ha theosmu. And in Greek, that means the Lord of me and the God of me. It's a possessive verb. Or my Lord, oh, my Lord and my God. So this is obviously Thomas saying this as well. This is what my channel is named after, that moment Whenever his doubt was erased by looking at the evidence of the resurrection, that's where, I, that's what led me to fully believe into in Christ, to, to fully submit to his lordship. But um, my next video, or see video, sorry, my next podcast in this series will be on the deity of the Holy Spirit, and this is so important, y'all. Y'all have to understand how important. This subject is, you have to know the identity of God. How can you be saved by, the, by God if you don't know who God is? Now, I understand there's some, there is some uh, myst, mystic or mystery to the, the nature of God. I get that. You know, if, if, if we could fully understand God, the Trinity, if we could fully understand that, he wouldn't be worthy of worshiping. So it's it comes with the territory. I get that. But he does make himself known. He says his name multiple um, thousands of times in the Bible. And throughout the scripture, the Messiah is identified as God, the Father's identified as God, the Spirit's identified as God, and Isaiah said there's only one God, and no gods before me, nor God no any gods shall be after. So that's what I'm talking about. The the doctrine of the Trinity, it's the entirety of the scripture. It's not one verse. It's not somebody taking another verse out of context. It's the entire scripture. So hammer these verses in your heart. We're creatures of repetition. Try to memorize these verses. Write these verses down. I'm going to go over them with you one more time. Colossians 2.9. 1 John 5.20. Hebrews 1.8. Romans 9.5, Titus 2.13, okay? 
2 Peter 1 1. All right, Colossians 1 15 through 19. And like I said, I got plenty more. Plenty more. But we're going to stick to this, this. Memorize these verses. Study them. I, I recommend read it. Read it in the King James. Read it in the NLT. Read it in the NASB. Read it in the NIV. That's my my belief anyways, is that we don't, we're not under the authority of one translation. The reason why that popped up in my head is because I'm helping a married couple right now. About or a soon to be married couple, and they're having some seem to be some issues with some translations. So, read it throughout entirety of those translations. Those are the translations I recommend, anyways. Okay, get to know God. You cannot know God unless you know the Son, period. And when you know the Son then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is God himself. And we're going to go over that in my next podcast about this topic. Okay? Alright. You got any questions, you can email me. You can message me on Instagram. John2028 Apologetics. You can message or email me. Newbie, N-E-W-B-Y, 5593 at gmail.com. Okay? You got any questions about the deity of Christ? Any doubts? This is a salvational issue. You will go to hell if you do not believe in this doctrine. Period. All right. Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.